0: 2022 has been a weird year, hasn't it? The usual trends are completely unreliable. Pricing doesn't make any sense. Offers are absolutely insane. It's just a weird year. So naturally, when the breakneck speed of the market comes to a screeching halt, that feels weird too. And maybe it's not a screeching halt, but when the breakneck speed slows down, It's almost like we don't know what to do with ourselves, isn't it? I've been in real estate for so long that I can remember when listings were on the market for 60 days before you could expect an offer, sometimes even longer. Having a listing on market for 10 days and being worried about it seems a bit ridiculous, but that's 2022 for you. Whether or not you've already experienced your listings being on market for a little bit longer than the normal day or two or a couple of days for an offer review period, we should consider being prepared for the situation where our listings are on the market for a little while. Welcome to the Savvy Agent Podcast, where we help real estate agents build a thriving business so they have financial freedom in their life without having to work 24-7. I'm your host, Heather Wright. Now let's get to it. You know how people who aren't in real estate think our jobs are just so easy when we're used to our listings flying off the market and then they don't? That's when we're reminded how this business is not easy at all. So what should you do when your listing doesn't sell? All of a sudden the easy is over and the work begins. What are you going to do? Well, I've got some ideas for you. So my first tip here is to prepare your sellers in advance. I stopped trying to predict the future a long time ago. I mean, is there anything that makes you feel like a bigger failure than not being omniscient, not knowing what the future is actually going to hold? I mean, it's one thing to predict trends and to give your opinion on what you think might happen, but how you set your seller's expectations is going to make a big difference for the amount of pressure that you get from them if the listing doesn't sell right away. So when I meet with a seller, we talk about the market value where I think that their house will sell. Granted, I don't know what the future holds, so that may or may not be the right price. I also have a tendency to list my listings on the high side of market value. Let's push the market and see what we can get. And that has worked for me in my market. It may or may not work for you in your market. And I explained to the seller, this is what our plan is going to be. So maybe we're going to do an offer review period and we'll list it on Friday. We'll review offers on Sunday, but what if we don't get any offers? So we talk about that. We talk about the ideal situation and the worst case scenario. And we talk about everything in between. And what is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is, well, if we don't get any calls and we don't get any showings, the market is rejecting us at the price that we have offered the listing at because the value of the home doesn't match the price. So worst case scenario, we have to react to what we're interpreting from the market and make a price reduction. The houses that aren't selling like hotcakes here are the ones that need some work. But when you price them on the high end of the market, of course, the investors aren't really interested in that. So it does take a little bit extra time to find the right person for a property that is at a premium price and perhaps not at premium condition. And so we just talk about all of those scenarios with the sellers, then starting the second week that they are on the market we have a, um, a listing service report that my assistant puts together. So it's just a spreadsheet where she tracks how many times their listing was sent out via the MLS on an automated email alert. Anytime we can get a number from a report, she tracks it. You know, how many people viewed the house on Zillow, how many people viewed the house on realtor.com. Those are the two big websites that have pretty big numbers. I'm a Remax agent. And so we can see how many people have been on remax.com looking at the house, but that number is pretty small. So it's like hmm, kind of embarrassing actually to include it. So we focus on the bulk of where people are actually looking at the house for sale. And so that is the exposure that we have been able to get them while their house is for sale. And then we also track the data of the competition. What are the other houses doing? Homes that I would consider comps for that particular property. I set it up on the MLS as, um, as a search and my assistant can go in and she notes how many are active pending and sold within a half mile radius every week, starting the second week that it's been on the market. And then she does the same thing for the full MLS area. So that way we're looking at the micro area within a half mile radius, which was where real comps would be, but then looking at the whole MLS area. So in my market, we've got like Des Moines Northwest, Des Moines West, West Des Moines, a lot of West in there, but it makes sense when you're here. So, you know, you want to look at the comps within the micro neighborhood, which is what an appraiser is going to look at. But when a house isn't selling, let's expand that a little bit and look and see what else is going on in that whole MLS area, which covers quite a bit of space. And then if I needed to, if I was going in manually to look at what the heck is happening in the market, then of course I would look at a much bigger space. But for the purpose of tracking on a weekly basis, we just do a half mile radius and the MLS area. And so then we interpret that data. Did every other listing that come on the market this week sell and yours didn't? Well, that says something, doesn't it? Are there three listings that were listed the same time or maybe even before and they're still on the market is maybe nothing else selling is it the neighborhood or is it the MLS area is it market wide or is it just in that micro market when we track the data those are conversations that we can have and we can easily tell this story it supports one of my favorite things that I like to say to my sellers let's make decisions based on fact and not feelings So that also helps when I say, okay, look, we've given it a college try and buyers are not biting at this price. So here's my recommendation based on this data of lowering the price. It also helps to be in tune with the market. Things are weird right now. Buyer fatigue, increased interest rates. There's just not enough homes for all the buyers There's world concerns, politics, war in the Ukraine, COVID. Oh, there's so much going on. Then what's happening seasonally in your market? We usually have a slight slowdown when the weather is really nice. It used to be that the summer slowdown happened in June, but in the last couple of years, it seems to start around Mother's Day and graduation. So people are really distracted with everything that's going on. May is an incredibly busy month. June is super busy too. And the weather is really nice in Des Moines. It, we have winter and winter lasts forever. And so when the weather is nice, people are just not interested in real estate. They're interested in soaking up the sun. So what are the trends in your market? If you're brand new, you might need to chat with your broker or find an experienced agent to help you be aware of the trends that they've identified. Cause the trends in my market are probably not even the same two hours away from where I live, let alone two states away. We talked a little bit about market data when, you know, I was just talking about the listing service report that we do, but what else is happening with the competition? Other active listings in your market, are they selling or not? You can call those agents, pick up the phone and call them and see what you can find out. Agents love to talk about their listings and when you give them that opportunity, they'll tell you so much. So then, if you get some good information, you can share that with your sellers. So that way, you're providing real information and not just feelings. I feel like the market is slow right now versus, the market appears to be slow. And here's why I know that here's the data supporting that. And also I spoke with these three other agents and this is what they're experiencing. So Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you're not alone. Real estate agents are great sources of information that you can collect and turn that into data. For example, last summer, maybe, yeah, it was in September. So it was still technically summer. I had a foreclosure listing that I thought was priced pretty well. Of course it was on the high end of the market, but I still thought it was a good deal. And then it didn't sell. So, you know, feedback has been really hard to get number one, because agents are really busy. So like they're doing their thing they don't necessarily have time to give feedback to us. And number two, houses are selling so freaking fast. Why would they bother? Like who's using that feedback when their house sells in a day or two anyway? So I think they've just kind of gotten out of the habit of giving feedback because of what's going on in the market. Not to mention there's that argument that you can give if you're giving feedback on behalf of your buyer. Well, you could be violating your fiduciary duties to the buyer. Now that's not necessarily something I subscribe to, but I have seen people have that argument when it comes to giving feedback and that's fine. But all of those things combined result in this particular listing was getting zero feedback. So of course I still needed to tell my seller why the house wasn't selling. And I was kind of stumped. So I called all of the agents who had shown the house to see if they remember the showing and what they thought and what they thought about the price. And just sometimes you can get so much more out of a conversation, like actually verbally speaking to each other on the phone versus an email or a text message. And maybe they didn't really have anything good or bad or anything to say about the house, but what happened to their buyer? Did their buyer end up purchasing something? Where at, what did they get? Oh, did they decide not to buy it all? Did they decide to buy a townhouse instead of a house? You know, there's so many different things, but finding that information out was really helpful in sharing with my seller. Here's what I'm doing to try and get your jalopy of a listing sold because it was a foreclosure and it was in bad shape. I think they had chickens in the basement. It was crazy. But also here's what's going on in the market based on what I'm hearing from agents with their feet on the street. And then there were other listings in the same neighborhood within that micro area. And some were sold, some were not sold. And so I just called all of those agents to say, you know, Hey, what was your experience? If it was under contract, do you know what kind of person? Was it an investor that bought it? Was it a buyer? You know, it's been a few months, so I don't know exactly what questions I asked on those phone calls, but just talking to people like, Hey, I see that we have a listing in the same neighborhood and mine hasn't sold. And I see yours hasn't sold either. And I was curious if you had any idea what's going on. And so it builds that camaraderie and a nice side benefit is you also develop good relationships with other agents that might benefit you when you're negotiating on a house in the future. It's also entirely possible that your price is just too high. Of course, everything can be fixed with a price adjustment. You probably did a lot of work coming up with your price and you don't want to give in so quickly. Somebody just asked this question the other day, help me. My listing has been on the market for 10 days and it hasn't sold. And it's my first listing. And I just don't know what to do. Okay. Well, chill out. 10 days. Isn't really that long. You know, let's, let's talk about what, have you done everything you possibly can? Have you done this? Have you done that? Maybe it's the price. No, 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 no. The price is good. I looked at all the comps. The price is good. She says, okay, well then you tell me why it's not selling. So somebody's asking for help and then they're resistant when they get the help, that's not really helping your sellers at all. So don't be married to the price that you recommended before you list it. And that goes back to preparing the sellers with their expectations of What may or may not happen when it actually goes on the market? You might think that price is amazing, but the market might think you're crazy. The market might not see the same value that you do. There's three reasons a house will or won't sell. So you've got your location, which you can't change. You've got your condition, which you can change. So you can improve the condition or you can leave the condition the same. And then you've got your price. And if the location or the condition is not at a premium, well, that probably should be reflected in the price. So while this brand new agent had done her very best to come up with a great price, it didn't work. And about 10 days is when I would recommend talking to the seller about having a price reduction and going over all of the exposure that you've gotten for them and how here we are it would appear as though the market is rejecting us at our price and while i do think that this price is good here are your choices you can do nothing and you can continue on the market at this price and see what happens or my recommendation would be a price reduction and i think that we should list it at this and here's why because we've been rejected here and you know if you've had a bunch of showings and no offers A small price reduction probably isn't going to do it because those people would have given you an offer with a small price reduction. So you might need a little bit bigger than a small price reduction. You know, your market, and even if you're brand new, you've got that listing, you've got to figure that market out. So if you're not quite sure what to do, talk to your broker, talk to an agent in your office who has the experience that can help you become experienced. So, if there's nothing out of the ordinary happening in the market and it's been 10 to 14 days that our listing is up for sale and the competition is also selling, that's when I'm going to recommend that price reduction. It shouldn't be a surprise because we talked about it at the beginning when I set their expectations. If you're on the market for longer periods of time, like every two to three weeks, is when I'd look at reducing the price, unless there's a seasonal trend. I know that price reductions in August might be a waste of my time we have the Iowa state fair uh, which is for 10 days, usually around the 6th of August to the 16th, you know, the dates change every year, but that's about the general time that it runs. And I don't necessarily understand it, but nothing happens during the state fair. And so I prepare my sellers for that. So when we list their house for sale in August, it's entirely possible that nothing's going to happen and don't be discouraged Or if you're going to be discouraged, let's wait until after Labor Day. So then the state fair is done. And at that point, the kids are going back to school. So people with families are so busy. They're partying at the state fair. They're going to concerts every single night. It's hotter than Hades in August. They're going back to school. They're getting in their last minute summer vacations. Like there's so much going on and it's not going on in real estate. So if I had a listing that was on the market and not getting any traction during that period of time in August. I might actually wait until after Labor Day to have them reduce their price. Because if they were to reduce their price right before a holiday weekend or right when the state fair is happening, like it's probably just a waste of a price reduction because still no one is paying attention. So just remember your price recommendation from the comps that you've come up with is not the end all be all price. You need to interpret what's happening in the market for your seller. Of course, you want to help them get the most money possible and interpreting what's happening in the market and making your professional recommendation is helping them. That's exactly why they hired you. I mean, honestly, if they could get the price they wanted without you, they'd have done that. Another thing to consider is the exposure that your listing has gotten. This is where the weekly market data report shines. How many auto emails went out to the MLS? How many buyers looked at the listing on aggregate websites? Did you run a Facebook ad? How many views has it gotten? If the exposure is there, then it's supporting the idea that the market is rejecting the property. But is it possible the exposure could be better? Did you hire a professional photographer? Does the property need to be staged better? Could you revise the remarks so that they're a little bit more attractive for buyers? what can you do to help present the property better? Now you don't necessarily have to spend money on this. I mean, you should spend money on a professional photographer. I also would spend money on a staging consultation. If you think that it is something that they would benefit from, not every house needs to be staged because a lot of people just have it decorated really nicely but that it's been on the market for a couple of weeks and you can't figure out any other reason, it might not be a bad idea to bring a staging console in to tell you what they think. Sometimes an outsider's viewpoint brings to light some issues that you couldn't see because it's sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees. So what can you do to help present the property better? Another thing to consider, what does the seller need to do to help the property present better? Do they need to make some repairs? Is there something they could do to improve their curb appeal? Do they need to clean? Put that back on them. Sure. The market might be hot, but it's not so hot that your dirty rundown house is going to sell for a primo price. So put that back on the sellers. Ideally, this would be done before your photographer comes out. Sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes you have to have the seller make their adjustments and then take new photos. So you do end up spending more on photos. And then you have to start your marketing over, but maybe you can get that price reduction to sweeten the pot. The last few years, we have been spoiled with the speed of which homes have been selling, but having a house sit on the market gives you the opportunity to sharpen your marketing skills, improve your value to your seller. So don't be afraid to dig deep and interpret the market and provide them the information that they hired you for to help get their house sold. What other tips do you have for navigating a shifting market and helping sellers stay sane when their house is on the market for a little longer than normal? I'd love to hear email me at podcast at savvyagent.co.